Here we uncover the traditions that are working for successful parents. For the parents who are ready to do things differently but aren't sure how, go to wandahoward.com and download my free blueprint. It will help you create the difference you've been looking for and enable your kids to be emotionally healthy and confident throughout their lives. Now is the time to start doing things differently. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I am your host, Wanda Howard, and my co-host, Emery Howard. And last time, we dropped off right at a critical point. So, Emery, take it away from here. Let them know what we're going to be talking on today. Okay, so today is how to tell if you are effectively stopping damaging cycles from being passed on to your kids. Now, I know, especially for me, that's a big mouthful. So, Mom, would you tell us what that, what exactly that means? Sure. So, to clarify, too, last time we talked more specifically about um, triggers and communicating effectively with your kids when you're going through your own childhood traumas and those triggers that come along with it. So, now that we have the foundation more of what we need as parents to help our kids when we're being triggered, how do we know that we are being effective in stopping those damaging cycles passing on to our kids? So let's break this down like Emery said. Um, So cycles, uh, or these are things that are our habits, our traditions. They're things that just the way that we think, the way that we interact with our life and how we go about our day. And some of these things can just be totally second nature to us, and we might not even be aware that we're doing them, and that's one of the reasons they could freak us out, because we are trying as parents so hard to do things right, and we know that we have blind spots. But a lot of them are things that we know about, things that we're like, why do I keep showing up this way? Why do I keep getting mad at my kids when they do this? Or why do... um I keep thinking about a messy house this way when I want our house to be a place where our kids can play or just we're aware of certain behaviors, certain thoughts, certain patterns in our own process of interacting with people or internal thoughts that we don't want to be passing down to our kids, whether that's how we think of ourselves and we don't want our kids to think poorly of themselves or how we handle hard situations and we don't want our kids to also handle those situations hard, and so on and so forth. Does that make sense? Um. Yeah, but how exactly, like, do you get a cycle, or do cycles work? Like, I wanna, I wanna know more about cycles. Awesome. So, um, cycles can start from anywhere, and I think it's really important to to understand that damaging cycles don't have to come from a place of pain all the time. They don't have to come from trauma. A damaging cycle simply is when something in the past is refusing to let us move forward. It's as simple as that. So I'll repeat that. Anytime it's a damaging cycle is when something from the past, whether that's a past belief, a past memory, a past experience, Something from your past is keeping you from being able to go forward, to be the person that you want to be. So a cycle could be picked up simply by generational 
beliefs of um, one story that I love that's in your and I history is there. I think I've told you this story, but I'll say it again for everybody listening. Um, There is, and I know I've shared it here on the podcast too, but it's good. So I'll share it again. But I came across journal entries and one journal entry was from the grandpa and he was from England and he was very wealthy, very well off. And he sold everything that he had to come over to America to give his kids religious freedom. And he became a farmer to provide for his family. And he wrote in his journal, I do this now so that my kids won't have to. So he was setting a very good foundation. He wanted his kids to be able to see that they can do hard things. They can rise above anything. They can chase what the most important to them and they don't have to do what he's doing. Like they are free to chase their own dreams. And then the next generation, the son, he loved the farm life. He loved what his dad did. He loved the environment at home. It was so good to him. So again, everything so far is a good um, cycle. And this dad puts in his journal that my life was so good. I don't know why I would ever want to do anything different than what my dad did. This is wonderful to me. And so he became a farmer. Then something really interesting happens in the next generation, the son, the third generation in, he puts in his journal that he longs for and dreams to be able to do something different. He does not want to be a farmer. He wants to go on in his life and be something different. But he feels like because his dad is a good dad, his grandpa was an amazing person, he's a farmer, and they have this amazing legacy now of coming across and being farmers because of religious freedom, that he feels this weight of having to stay in that um, position because if he doesn't, he's going somehow that's bad, that's wrong, that's inconsiderate, that's not respectful for everything that they did for him. Whatever it is, he has built up this idea that doing something besides farming would be wrong for him to do. So again, it wasn't trauma, it wasn't bad, it wasn't that somebody overstepped their boundaries, or it wasn't anything malicious. It was that right here in this person's cycle because of uh, lack of conversations, lack of knowing how to address it, whatever, but this cycle was created just in that one generation. So that's really interesting. Um, but before I go on, do you have any questions? Uh, no, but I definitely have not heard that story before. Oh, awesome. So um, yeah, that's one story that I love. And then, but there's there's other cycles in our life that are more prevalent, more... What does prevalent mean? Um, like, they come up a lot more often. Okay. And they are ones that we know very specifically where they come from, that maybe it's from um, one I remember my parents, my dad would tell the story of how when he was a kid and he was the oldest in his family, he would tell how... It was so frustrating when his parents would believe his little siblings over him when he was the one that knew what he was talking about and his little siblings weren't. And so because that was such a frustrating thing for him, 
he was sure he was not going to do that to his kids. And he wanted to make sure that the younger kids always, 100% of the time, listen to the older kids because that was more respectful. So, um, um it didn't work out very well, huh? but, um, and I'm sure there's more to that too on his side. But the thing that I got from that was it was far more important. And again, this wasn't yet, this wasn't my experience. This was my dad's experience. But when he talked about it, it taught me that it was far more important for respect for elders to happen than to show mutual respect regardless of age, that older people were always worth more. And that was something that I took on very heavily. And as you know, and I've kind of shared here too, a lot of things happened in my own childhood. So one, um, damaging cycles can come from anywhere in our own self, the way that we perceive the world when we are not being (laughs) aware of how we're taking in information, just like the that um, three-generational story that I told. Or it can come from somebody else's life and their experience. And when we hear it and we respect them, we integrate it into our own value system in a certain way. Or it can come from our own experiences, whether that is the way that we interacted with a friend and we didn't like the person that we were but we didn't know how to do it any different. And maybe our friends got hurt feelings and they left us. And so now we're kind of like frustrated and like, I will continue on and I'll just be tough. And, and anyways, um, that's not a very clear example, but (laughs) for example, here it, when you get in a fight with your siblings, right. And they aren't listening at all. Don't you get that like fighting spirit in you of like, I will show them and I will show them that I am right and I will I am smart and that I deserve to be listened to too. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes that that builds up within us and we never have a place to talk about it or to have an outlet for it, that that can often cause a damaging cycle because instead of being able to have a conversation around something that hurt us, we feel just built up about it. Does that make sense, though? Yeah. Yeah. So that can cause a cycle. Or it can be things that happen directly to us, not experiences that we're having, things like abuse and trauma and things outside of our control that other people do to us. And those ones are super, super tricky to get out of because it was something that you didn't deserve. It shouldn't have ever happened. It wasn't something that you could or do to change it. Always, sometimes it is, but for the most part, it's not. And so then you are stuck internally with a ton of damaging beliefs and that causes a whole bunch of uncomfortable emotions that you don't know how to process. And then those kinds of internal way that you, uh, interpret the world you're worried that your kids are also getting it so like when um daddy and I were first married I absolutely hated my body like everything about it I was hard for me to look in the mirror it was hard to me to even look down at my own body when I was like changing your different things so then when I had you I did not want 
you to have that kind of self-image. And I didn't know how to teach you how to love your body if I couldn't even look at mine, if I couldn't talk about it and I couldn't say names of the different body parts. Like I, I wanted to be able to make sure I was giving you a different uh, mental cycle. So make sense? So there's there's cycle from generational. There's cycles from um, other people's stories of the impacts that they have in our life. There's our own experiences, and there's the things that happen to us from other people, and those can create physical, mental, and uh, internal beliefs cycles that they're damaging. When just like that one farmer son he wanted to be something different but because of what happened in the past he didn't feel like that was okay to follow what he wanted okay and how do you make sure okay um that answers my question but how do you make sure you don't pass those cycles down to your kids perfect so when um making sure that we don't pass them down this is something that i used to think was really, really hard and really um, uh, ambiguous because... What does ambiguous mean? (laughs) Hard to explain or hard, like, how could you even know if you're doing a good job as a parent? And I would work and work and work and do everything that I could for you kids, trying to make sure that you guys had the best life, that everything that you needed. But I would still lay awake at night wondering am I doing enough? Like, is it really enough? Are you guys going to be okay? Do you have the self, um, just confidence, emotional health, well-being, just that, that energy inside of you to know your own worth? Or are you suffering inside? Or is there something more I could be doing to help you be ambitious or to follow your dreams? And, and so, um, when at first, when I was, I would ask that same question of how can I stop these damaging cycles? And we kind of talked about that a little bit in the last episode. So go back and listen to that one too. But um, quickly, the steps were become aware that they are there. Become aware of those damaging cycles. That can be very tricky to do on your own. Go and get a coach if it's in uh, physical health, get a coach of physical health. If it's in childhood trauma, um, me and many others do ones about childhood trauma and being able to stop those cycles. If it is damaging cycles in business, even go and get a business coach. But, um, or even just a mentor, a friend, somebody that you look up to, open up to them and tell them what's going on and the cycle that the, the behavior that you have, the habit that you have, that you want to have different, but you don't know how. Um, so that those are the two first steps. Become aware of it. And if you, after you become aware of it, speak it. Like, start to say it. And I love this part. It says in Genesis, in the Bible, that God created the world with his words. And I think, and it's a very simple scripture. I don't know. <laughs> I should I should get it and uh, quote it word for word. But it basically just says that God created the heavens and earth with his words. And it is so true that when we start using our words to start verbalizing what we really want, to start saying, this is important enough for me to say out loud, 
it breaks through the fear that we have inside of us. It breaks through so many damaging and false beliefs that we have about ourselves. And it helps us to actually start creating that world that we want where those things are real. Um, And then the third thing that I would say is start to learn the principles that God has put in place for families to thrive. And so anyways, does that help? Uh, Yeah, but even so far, these cycles seem pretty permanent to me. So how do you break the cycles? Because they seem pretty hard to break so far. Yeah. So um, just like we've talked about when other times that you have been frustrated with your own behaviors, frustrated with a way that you're acting, when we always bring it back to, are you acting that way because you want to be a terrible person? (laughs) Or are you acting that way because you were feeling a real human emotion? Right? When we come back to loving yourself again and recognizing you are already on the right path, the fact that you are aware of it. See, remember, that's the first step, awareness of it. So every time that we recognize that we are paying attention to our behaviors, they matter to us. We're not chalking them up to, oh, this is just normal and they'll get over it. But when we treat someone poorly that we care, that's a huge part. But the next part is speaking. The next part is changing. The next part is being willing to do it different nobody is perfect. Nobody is going to be able to never do anything wrong. That's not breaking a cycle. But a cycle always stays um, in place. A damaging cycle always stays in place when we refuse to acknowledge that it's wrong. So for example, if somebody every time they went to the gas station grabbed a candy bar without paying for it, just because that's what they saw their parents do, and they never questioned whether or not that was right or wrong, would they ever stop? No. They would just keep doing it, right? Without ever paying for it, just pick it up and walk out, right? Until somebody stopped them, until somebody rose their awareness of, hey, that's illegal, That that's not okay, you actually do have to pay for that. And then they would have to start reevaluating. Like, do I believe them or do I believe my past experiences? And that's where it gets back into, are we going to move forward with truth or are we going to keep our past experiences, keep us weighed down? Okay, so that kind of um, goes into a little bit of how to stop a damaging cycle. So the very first step is awareness. And when you can do that, you can know that you are going to stop that damaging cycle. But let's talk now about how to tell if you're doing it, how to tell in your kids if you are effectively stopping that damage cycle. So for example, let's talk about um, self-image, okay? So the example that I had brought up earlier, I hated my body, I didn't think I was pretty, I didn't like looking at myself, and I didn't want to pass that down, okay? Well, you were little, and so one, I, I didn't get to hear, like, You couldn't talk yet. So I couldn't go off of the gauge of how you are doing, right? How do you see yourself? 
But it's been pretty little then. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing I want to point out too here is this was actually a huge blessing because it taught me something right from the very beginning is as our, our kids started to grow, I started trying to gauge whether or not something was working based off their behavior. And I will tell you every single time we stayed in damaging cycles so much longer when I was gauging their behavior to decide if it was stopping every single time. So let me, let me explain for this self-image one. Um, I was talking um, to my husband and we were just talking on the couch and then Amory came up. You were really little. I don't know if you remember this, but she was really worried that she didn't have cute enough clothes for, um, I think we were going to like a, it was like a, a play group. And I'm, I'm not sure if it was a family union or a play group, but I'll say play group for this, um, for this purpose. So you were worried about your outfit not being cute enough and you were worried about how you were looking. So if I had used this moment to say, dang it, I had eliminated self um, scrutinizing talk out of my (laughs) life. I have done so much work to try and love my body, love myself, give myself self-care. I've done so much and put so much energy into making sure that this amazing little human never feels this way. And now here she is and she's worried about how she looks. I failed. If I did that, all that it would do is continue the cycle because you're coming up with a very real human emotion that had nothing to do with me. And this is this is really interesting. And I don't want to get too much into the weeds here because we could go on for hours. But I, if I had thought that, if I had been like, okay, this is all my fault. I didn't do good enough. Then when Emery had come up to me worried about her, her outfit and the way that she looked, then I would have been frustrated. I would have been exasperated and just drained of how am I supposed to help her when I, all of these years and I've failed. But instead, I was able to look at that moment and see her and realize what she was going through and talk to her about how I had felt similar at times and that I know exactly what she feels like. And when I came from that place, she she lightened up, she loosened up. She was like, wait, but mom, you're beautiful. And if you felt that way, then she kind of put the pieces together in her own way, in her own head of, I don't need to let that feeling define me. And I don't need to listen to that thought because mom's had that thought and she doesn't listen to it. And you went on and we we went together and we pulled out the clothes that you wanted to wear, but they didn't match at all. (laughs) And you loved the outfit and you felt so good about what you were wearing. And we went to that party and you had a great time and it wasn't ever anything that you brought up again. Um, So the reason this was able to happen though, was because I had learned the true gauge of being able to identify whether or not I was effectively stopping a damaging cycle. And it's not based on what the other person does. If your child is being fussy or reactive or 
acting out or however you want to say it, if they are doing a behavior that you feel is a sign that you are not doing good enough as a parent, let me tell you that that damaging cycle will forever continue if that is the gauge that you use. Just like with a friendship, if you have a really good friend and they tell you um, that they got fired and then your response is, dang it, I'm a terrible friend because they are experiencing this, because they are going through this. Or if your friend's purse got stolen and they start freaking out because their wallet has everything in, like their credit cards, their money, their phone, everything in it, and it just got stolen, they start freaking out. And you are like, dang it, I'm a terrible friend because my friend over here is having is causing a scene. She's making a big fuss about her purse and I need to calm the situation, make sure that she's like other people aren't watching. But we do that so much as parents when our kids have a cause a scene, so to speak, have big emotions in public where they start fussing or freaking out. We feel like, dang it, no, I'm trying so hard to do good as a parent. But that gauge will always keep damaging cycles going. Just like with a friend with a stolen purse, you would want to be there for them. You would be there actively trying to help them undo the situation and get their purse back. You wouldn't care that they were freaking out, right? And just like with um, your friend, if they lost their job, you wouldn't care about whether or not you were doing a good job. And if you were the cause of that job getting lost, you would just want to be there for them and help them through that hard time, right? Okay. So that is it. <laughs> that right there is the gauge to know whether or not you are stopping damaging cycles. Did you catch it? I didn't say it specifically, but I want to hear through those stories. What do you think, Emery, that the gauge of knowing that a damaging cycle is stopping? Um, by not judging yourself, uh, not judging somebody else's actions, um, on yourself and, um finding a solution but like also not jumping in and fixing the problem right away because you will also want to be there for that friend so so to speak um and yeah yeah those were great insights and I really like it I'm gonna simplify it even more yeah okay yeah you should do that (laughs) so The simplest gauge is often the one that we miss. The simplest truth is often the one that we think that's not good enough. That's not actually going to help me. So everybody listening, I understand that the simple things can seem so frustrating because it's like there's more to it. And yes, there is more to it. So come to the event on September 14th and we will deep dive even more into this. But the simplest way to know if you are stopping a damaging cycle is simply by how you are changing the internal feelings of your own self. If you can go into a situation and you love yourself, then when somebody else doesn't love themselves, you can sit with them in it. You know how to be there because you were there once. It has nothing to do with you anymore. Right? Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the best way to stop a damaging cycle is to start changing it within you, engaging how you're doing off of how you feel, not how others are feeling or how others are acting. 
Because again, here's another great example. When as parents, we often think, I just want my kids to be happy. I just want my kids to be happy. I just want my kids to be happy. And we try so hard to help them be happy. Then but chances are we're not going to be all that happy. <laughs> well, you might be for some of it, but eventually something's going to happen where you're sad, right? Yep. And then if that was our goal, if that was our gauge of this is what we hope to have happen, now all of a sudden, all of our efforts are lost. But really... And you feel like you failed. Uh-huh. But really, all that needs to happen is the person crying needs a hug. <laughs> because it's a perfectly normal thing, right? Mm-hmm. So... And they jump off dancing with rainbows and daisy heads away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sure do. It's amazing how much just the awareness, just the being there can really start to help. But I know that there's more to this. And I talk about it more um, in these events. So come on September 14th. I'll be sharing even more about it. And bring your questions. If you have more questions, come there. I'd love to talk to you about this. And we will see you all next time. Goodbye. Thank you again for being a part of our podcast family. And for the difference you are making right now in the world and in the walls of your own home. If you're wanting to support parents everywhere, you can do that by leaving a rate and review. This helps so many find connection and answers they are searching for. Also, don't forget to go to WandaHoward.com and get your own free parenting blueprint. I love you all and we will see you next time.